calling all psychonauts. May you enjoy the days through the haze. Enjoy what is now. This episode of the Slightly Fuzz podcast is sponsored by Bud Tea Company, a cannabis apparel brand from Maine. Check them out at budteco.com. That's B-U-D-T-E-E-C-O.com. Or follow them on Instagram at budteco. Tell them Slightly Fuzz sent you. J.R. Moores, author of Electric Wizards, a tapestry of heavy music, 1968 to the present. Got the book here. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm, I'm flattered to be asked. I uh, I like to read. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, but when I pick up a book like that, it takes me forever. I've been reading this Leonardo da Vinci book for like four years, and I got your book. I saw it getting kind of shared and passed around on Instagram and thought I should check it out. And not to sound cliche, but like I couldn't put it down. I think I read it in like four days. So it's probably a record for me. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's great. Uh, it was just so interesting and like from a totally different perspective than like I'm what I'm used to to hearing, seeing, reading about like heavy music. And it was just really interesting, and it, it it kept it kept flowing. It didn't like stall on any one thing for too long. It just like kept my interest. And by the time I was done with it, I I kind of wanted more. So that's why I reached out to you. <laughs> <laughs> you want more? Okay. Uh, volume two. What can I? Yeah. What can I cover in volume two? Yeah. Um, all, all the all the bands and artists and uh, genres that people are complaining that I didn't cover in this one. I can. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few, and and we'll definitely get to that. I'm sure there's a few. Um, was this your first book? I know you write for some music publications and whatnot. Was this kind of your first book? Uh, it's my first book uh, about music. Yes, I've been writing, uh, doing bits and bobs of music journalism for about uh, ten years, I suppose. Uh, so it's about time probably to get around to uh, writing a, a, a proper uh, heavy book, heavy in terms of it being quite uh, bulky, yeah. literally, <laughs> as well as uh, um, on the subject of heavy music. Yeah. What was and that? Was, what was the process like writing a book? Because I, I, it's been a while since I've been in college, and just to even think about like writing a paper that needs sources cited and the bibliography and all that kind of stuff sounds like no thanks i, I couldn't even write a 10 page paper if i tried at this point so what is it like you know putting all this stuff together for a, a book as opposed to just your your articles and, and it's, things? it's kind of a bit of a blur in a way you know I'm, I, I hold it in my hands now and i, I think do, how did that happen did, <laughs> did i really do that all that um when you know between all the other bits of writing and everything else um the pro, you know, the process. I suppose I had a very clear plan of what I wanted to cover. You know, I had I had the contents mapped out first, basically, uh, what I wanted to cover from beginning to end. Then I I basically tried to treat it as, um, you know, psychologically, I tried to t treat it as like okay pretend it's just this chapter is just an article I'm writing on that topic, you yeah. know, as I do, do day to day, and then eventually put them all together and there'll be some sort of book there and then go back, look at it afterwards and make sure it kind of connects and flows and makes sense. Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and actually I didn't, um, uh, I didn't write it, you know, from, from page one to page, 400 and whatever it is you know because I had that clear plan there first of all I, I kind of uh you know wrote wrote I, I thought oh well I'm, I'm feeling in an industrial rock mood this week so I'll or this month so I'll, I'll tackle that one and get that ticked off and then I might go jump forward or jump back you know depending on what my mood was or what I was listening to that particular moment or what I'd been reading about um and yeah and and luckily i think it doesn't it doesn't read that way i don't think you could tell which one which chapters are written earlier or later but it, it sure. there was a bit of kind of pulling it all together at the end as well how much you're obviously a fan of music and and heavy music maybe in particular how much knowledge did you kind of go in with cuz i find that if i'm just like having some beers chatting with my friends 
I can talk music and I think I'm pretty good at it. But then, especially with the podcast and getting to know some other people in music now, I feel like a complete idiot sometimes. And I'm like, boy, I, there's so much that I don't know. And the thought of like putting a book together and like kind of kind of saying without saying that you're an expert on the subject seems scary. Like people would be like, you totally got this part wrong. You didn't acknowledge this part. Like how much did you, did you go in? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, when I was planning it and thinking about what to put in and what to leave out and all that kind of business, I I did kind of, you know, naturally because it's my book, I did kind of swerve towards, the things that I already knew about and liked and was excited about and that kind of thing. Um, uh, having said that, there's probably a few bits and pieces that were um, that I had to kind of delve into a bit, you know, more than uh, uh, than my uh, knowledge that was already there allowed. Um, you know, I, I suppose yeah, I brought up industrial rock before. And, and you know, I, I sort of know know the big hitters there, but the, the sort of more obscure end of that genre, I'm not that familiar with. So there's a bit of kind of heavy heavy <laughs> listening to do uh, in regards to that. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, skewing it towards towards what I know about anyway. It's it's my book about heavy music. Other other people, I'm sure, uh, I welcome. Uh, other tomes on the same topic that might have completely different contents because um, it, it, it sort of is subjective, isn't it? What is heavy and what isn't. Um, sure. And did, did you spend a lot of time listening to music or interviewing the people or a kind of some sort of combination of both? Or was it just kind of like, this is my route through heavy music. This is how I went through it. So I'm going to tell that story because this is kind of a packed question, I suppose, but like, you know, there is some stuff that you didn't hit on as much as like the way I learned it. Like mine would have been really heavily focused on like Black Sabbath, then Metallica and and stuff like that. Whereas yours kind of went through like the Prague and noise and kind of more avant-garde stuff. Was that kind of your natural route through heavy music? Or were you like, I want to write a book that people haven't heard this route before? Yeah, it's, it sort of is uh my journey uh through what i think is heavy but it, you know in terms of you know metal i mean there's there's a bit of metal in there but it's not by any means all metal and that's because i wanted to write about heavy music you know in in a broader sense not yeah. just heavy metal and you know there have been lots of heavy metal um histories written and, and published already some which are brilliant some which are, are a bit ropey um so you know i didn't want to tell that same story uh and you know perhaps the metal element suffers a bit because of that um yeah but but I, what i found interesting about the book was that that exactly was that like it didn't dwell on these parts that everyone already knows like it didn't mm-hmm. dwell on you know heavy metal and you know Black Sabbath being the origin and Metallica being like the poster child and then into new metal. And and that's it. It was yeah. like, it started with like I, the Beatles, maybe like Helter Skelter, which I, you know, I, I know the Beatles enough as, as far as anybody else, but not a, I've never really dived too deep into them, but then it went into like Funkadelic and stuff like that, which I just heard not that long ago. And I've always seen that album cover, like the maggot brain album cover and been like, I, this looks so awesome. I want to check it out. And listening to it, it was so cool to hear it and to interpret it from like a heavy perspective is interesting. And that's what I think made the book really interesting was that there's all these other forms of music that you wouldn't maybe consider heavy or not in the same regard. Maybe they're lyrically heavy. Maybe they're aesthetically heavy. Maybe they're just kind of pre heavy. And, and that's what made the book the book that's why the book is good is that it was just totally different perspective on on this type of music yeah brilliant thanks um yeah I, I really wanted to get funk in there and there was a bit of a discussion you know with with my editor at the, at the beginning of the whole thing you know about uh whether it should be in there and whether readers would sort of buy that if, if you see what i mean um 
but I didn't, you know, for one thing, I didn't want it to be like, oh, heavy music is just played by, you know, three or four white dudes who are angry with their parents or, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, but the other thing is like, you know, I, I, I meet musicians that play very heavy music, you know, often in the, the metal end or the psych rock or the noise rock and stuff. And, uh, you know, they pretty much all listen to <laughs> Funkadelic. There's so many yeah. of them will have, you know, maggot brain in the in the corner of their room and, and cosmic slop and all that kind of stuff. So it's it has yeah. been really important on influencing stuff that doesn't sound funky at all exactly and even if it doesn't sound heavy it must have some element of heaviness if all these heavy bands listen to it i mean it it, there has to be something heavy about it you know because it always shows up and it's the reason that people give so much respect to the beatles even though the beatles aren't heavy either it's because they hear something in it that's you know for lack of a better word heavy you know um you also you also spend a lot of time on like noise rock and more like avant-garde stuff is that your particular taste or was there something about that particular music that you felt like hadn't been really discussed enough and you wanted to put it in the book yeah absolutely um i I, i'm quite a fan of noise rock anyway um uh, you know it's noisy and it rocks and it's often quite strange and off kilter and different from um you know more conventional sounding uh heavy music um but and and a lot of it i feel you know talking about the metal thing you know if if you were doing a history of heavy metal you'd have you know your, your megadeth and your metallica and all that lot and quite a lot of noise rock is actually i think is heavier than metal um and 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 yet you know it doesn't get it do, doesn't get talked about really in in um your average kind of heavy metal history it might be you know glossed over quite quickly um if we if we talk talking about if we, if well, i was going to say if we, if we throw melvins into the noise rock uh umbrella there's a chapter on melvins as well yeah um you can so, almost so, throw the Melvins into like any chapter, whether you're talking about metal or slow <laughs> or noise, or they're they're in all the chapters, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're kind of a bit noise rock, aren't they? But yeah. uh, they're they're like like if you read, read most books on music, they're like a tiny little footnote in uh, in whatever, saying oh, you know, and they had Kurt Cobain as their roadie or, or whatever, <laughs> uh, and that's that, people just mentioned that's all they say about Melvins, and yet you know. They've there's they've pioneered doom, you know, sludge, noise rock, uh, grunge in a way, without really fitting into any of those things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, part of it was about like um, giving giving artists their due, I suppose. Speaking of both Metallica and more like avant-garde stuff, <laughs> you mentioned Lulu. And it was the first time that I've heard anyone mention Lulu. And I was like, exactly. Because it's not that I'm always defending Lulu. It's not a record that I ever put on and listened to. But when I heard it, I was like, how did you expect anything else than this? Like you have Lou Reed. You have like this assignment to Metallica to like kind of like improvise this heavy sound behind like a Lou Reed spoken word thing. How did you envision anything else? Like, I, I, it was always so surprising to me all the hate that they got for that album. Even though I'm I'm not a huge fan of it, it's not something I listen to. But like, I was always so surprised by all the people that were like, "This fucking album sucks and it's terrible." And I'm like, "What did you expect? It's exactly what I expected." <laughs> and you, wow. and you kind of defended it. And and actually, for like you know, for not saying a whole lot about Metallica in the book, you did say that much. And I was like. Of all the albums for you to pick, it was Lulu, which is interesting. But also, like, you said it in a way that I was like, see, exactly. <laughs> yeah, again, it's like trying to give due to stuff that hasn't really been discussed that that much length. I, I absolutely love Lulu. I, I think it, I, I reviewed it when it came out for the for the Drowned in Sound website. And um, 
I kind of my review is like a, a parody of Lester Bangs's uh, Metal Machine music review. It basically followed the same pattern, but just changed <laughs> some of the words. Um, and and Lester Bangs ends ends his review by saying it's the greatest uh, recorded album ever made or something. So I said Lulu was the second greatest album ever made. Um, which was a bit silly, you know, it was just sort of frivolous little exercise at the time. But, you know, it's it's stuck with me, Lulu, and it's one I keep going back to, you know, not not by no means every day, but, you know, I, I will return to it every so often. And there's always something new in there that I haven't noticed, be it musically or lyrically or sort of atmospherically. Um, and as you say, it's, it's mad that people got so angry about it. Um, a lot of the reviews, I, you know, because it's quite a long album, I wonder whether some of the reviewers didn't really give it the time it needs to kind of uh, for you to absorb some of what's going on. Um, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the reviews mentioned that first line about uh, cut, cut my legs and tits off, or or whatever it says, and then and sort of didn't didn't mention the final song, which is one of the best things on it, Junior Dad. Yeah. Um, as for the fans, you'd kind of expect Lou Reed fans to, um, yeah, expect something strange. You know, he's yeah. if you, if you know know about his career, he's constantly annoyed <laughs> his own audience among many other people. Um, yeah. And and you know, albums like Berlin at the time, nobody got it and thought, what well, what's going on there?" And wrote wrote it off. And then twenty years later, it's seen as this kind of miserable masterpiece. Um, which is what exactly is what's what's happening now to Lulu? I hope. Um, yeah. I think possibly the Metallica fans were angrier than the Lou Reed fans. I don't know whether that's just because yeah. they're louder. But again, um, Metallica have a long history of annoying their own fans, so their own fans should realise this. You know, it's like oh, they've done a ballad, or oh, they've you know, not put any guitar solos on this or, oh, there's no bass on this album or they've cut yeah. their hair. No. Um, you know, all the time they're sort of shaking things up and and and, take, and making these strange choices. Um, yeah. At what point are you going to stop expecting a specific thing from them and just like yeah. let them let them do whatever they do? And it seems like that point will ne actually never, never come. <laughs> yeah. It's it's slightly odd. Um, yeah. It's like it's like people's, but yeah, people have this image of Metallica that isn't factually correct or, or something, right? Um, and they and they think they think they should always be doing the same thing, even though they've never carried on doing the same thing ever, really. Yeah, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about Marilyn Manson a little bit too, because you spent a few pages. I don't know how to word this the best, but not giving him much credit, at least to say to say the least, for for what he did with like goth and industrial type of metal in that at that point. Why is that? Because I always looked at Marilyn Manson, and I was I don't know maybe just in middle school, like eighth grade at that point when he was big and. It was just terrifying to me. I don't even think I was into that music at the time. But going back through the years and kind of listening to him or like seeing him in interviews and seeing him well-spoken and like standing up to like conservative voices like Bill O'Reilly and I don't, know what, I don't know what the talk shows were, Donahue or something at the time. I don't remember. But kind of standing up for like the bullied kids and being this like kind of uh, freedom of expression you know, like icon and just being like this, uh, this leader of all these like kids that were, didn't have a, a place. I always looked at him as kind of a pioneer in that type of music. Granted, he hasn't made a lot of pioneering music for a while. Um, I'll admit, but I, I, I was surprised to read that part in there. You made it pretty clear that you didn't give him much credit for that part. <laughs> yeah, there are, mo there are moments, aren't there? Mo mo do I regret this? I don't know. There, there are moments where I have I, throughout where I have little jabs at, at, at some bands. I think that partly that's a kind of 
um, you know, to keep to keep the reader in one of the things to do is to keep the reader interested, not just keep banging on about fantastic music all the time, but also mm -hmm. you know, be, be critical of certain um, things as well. In terms of the music, you know, I enjoyed Antichrist Superstar uh, when that came out. Um, uh, having said that, you know, I think probably quite a lot of the credit is due to Trent Reznor uh -huh. uh, and his input. Um, <clears throat> I think maybe, you know, you're talking about the, the sort of po political dimension to it and what he represents. Uh, I think maybe that made more sense uh, over where you are in the States than it did over here. Probably had more impact um, and was probably more important uh, when you're talking about, you know, right-wing um, uh, conservatism that he he was um, attacking um, over here, it felt it felt a bit like he he was this kind of blo bloke in a silly costume over there, annoying um, the kind of the kind of parents who are, are more conservative than our parents anyway, and pushing their buttons. Um, Interesting, and and then you know it sort of snowballed, and people started taking him a bit more seriously over here, um, as he started appearing on the front cover of Kerrang more often, and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah, I take your point that he he was kind of a voice for the outcasts, um, much more than like Trent Reznor. I mean, while he got a lot from Trent Reznor, clearly. Trent Reznor was never really that like icon to people that that Marilyn Manson was at least at least from you know the way I looked at him. I, I wasn't a goth kid. I wasn't you know ever that angry at my parents, but um, just from the way I looked at him, I just uh, you know I don't know that Trent Reznor made the impact that he did. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm not angry enough with my parents. Maybe that's the, the problem. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose I'm talk, talking about the music and not so much the um, cu cultural significance. Sure. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, and to be honest, the, the the original draft, it was a bit more lighthearted, that section. And then between the first draft happening and the final version, there have been all these allegations that have come out about his behaviour yeah, I was curious if that had something it had to, do to be with it. it had to be um uh rejigged slightly to to take that a lot more seriously. Sure. Kind of in the same vein, new metal. Um it seems like people right now are getting like this kind of sort of like nostalgia for new metal. And they got it for like the 90s music a few years back. And it kind of seems like they're starting to get this nostalgia for new metal a little bit right now. And again, I was at that perfect age for new metal. So like I went through it, I was like a angsty little teenager that, you know, got into baggy jeans and spiked hair and corn and, you know, all that kind of slipknot or whatever. Um, and I, I stopped listening to it at a certain point and, and refocused what I was listening to quite a long time ago, but it seems like people are getting back into it. Do you look at new metal any differently? I, I know that you didn't, again, probably didn't give new metal too much credit in there, although you picked out some bands like Deftones and, and stuff like that. Um, do you look at like the good new metal that when it was good, it was good. When it was bad, it was real bad. Do you, do you look at that and, and give any sort of credit to like music as an outlet in new metal or is it just like all garbage? I no, but it's by no means all garbage. Um, again, it's a case of kind of mixing things up and having a, a go at people occasionally, as well as just going on about what great stuff is like. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm st I remain a big fan of Deftones. Uh, I was into, I, I perhaps wasn't quite as into as many new metal bands as some of my friends were. Um, in, at school or at, or at uni. Um, so, for example, e even back then, I would draw the line at Coal Chamber. 
Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I write in the book about how it's funny because it, it does share, the, the, the style does share quite a lot of the characteristics that I'm talking about in terms of heaviness with plenty of other genres. Um, so it, it, I guess that bit was me trying to work out in a way why I haven't really stuck with it so much. Uh, it's an interesting concept of like taking kind of the things that a lot of different cultures made and liked, whether it be like kind of the hip hop end of it and mixing it with this metal and rock. And it's not like long solos and hair. It's more like, you know, almost like rebellious in like a grunge sense. It kind of takes all these things and kind of puts it into this one thing. So on paper, it sounds like this really interesting concept in reality it was like, it just fell flat and people, it, it didn't, it wasn't very memorable five years later. It was all just like this kind of like radio level music and it was just nothing like very long lasting. So like, I totally get why people discredit it. And again, it's not something I've listened to in a very long time, but looking back on it, especially after like reading your book or just kind of seeing, like I said, like the nostalgia for it, I'm like, I mean, was it that bad or are we, did we just grow out of it so quickly that we were like, ah, fuck that, you know? And I don't know if that's, if there's a, that that's the answer, if it, if it was any good or not, but. <laughs> I think part of the problem was that it got so big so fast. Yeah. And then so many bands were getting signed off the back of Corn uh, and Deftones uh, that sort of anyone you know, with a down-tuned guitar and um, uh, a, a, a rapping singer and, and big shorts, could, you know, could could suddenly get a record deal and be playing these huge, like, festivals. Um, and that's... Um, yeah, and that, that led to some re really bad <laughs> music getting out there. Part of it was um, maybe that, like, the style of it, too. People grew out of that so quickly. Like, you know, the baggy jeans and the spiky hair and the necklaces and stuff. Like, looking at them, they, it just seemed so goofy so quickly. Kind of like in the same way hair, hair metal did. Is that once, like, that stuff wasn't cool anymore, how do you ever listen to it the same again, you know? Luckily, I was too young for hair metal. I didn't get into hair metal ever. But, you know... <laughs> If I was, and it got like just taken down by grunge, it would be hard to look at guys in spandex and hairspray and hair and all that kind of stuff and be like, I think it's still pretty good. You know, it'd be <laughs> so hard to be able to do that. And I think that's part of new metal too, is that like, it looks so goofy sometimes that you're like, how do I get on board with that now at this point? Mm, yeah. And some of the lyrics as well were pretty ropey. Um, uh, I mean, you know, to, to, to be fair to them, like as you were saying with, with Marilyn, Manson, uh, you know, corn at first were 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 symbols of kind of outcasts or people who've been bullied, yeah. um, and that kind of thing. But then it it was sort of um, it, it jumped, didn't it? It was like this: this is the music for the kids who are being bullied uh, and being called horrible things in the playground and getting beaten up and that kind of thing. And then there was a point at which, and I don't know how much we should blame Fred Durst for this, but there was a point at which it seemed like it was the music of the of the bullies rather than the bullied, if that makes sense. Sure. You know, sports yeah. metal, you know, uh, it, 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 there was a sort of weird switch. Yeah. I don't know if that's fair to say, but... It, yeah, it, I mean, I think that, that that could probably be said for a lot, though, too, is that, like, like Metallica, you know, Metallica got so big that... When they started, it was long haired headbangers that were like, we're outcasts and this is our music. And then, you know, fast forward 10, 20 years and like it's the music of frat houses is playing Enter Sandman. And it's like they're, they're not the same people anymore, or at least they both or at least they both like it at the same amount. And I think you're probably right that that's a big part of, you know, what happened to new metal and stuff, too, is that, you know, the same people that were being beaten up. <laughs> Are listening to the same music as the people beating them up, and <laughs> yeah, that, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and you know, also I, 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 I've got like a paragraph or something on on Kitty, who at the time, yeah, were kind of uh, bullied by other new metal bands. 
I, I think, if, if we're going to use the word uh, bullying to yeah. kind of sum up our new metal discussion. Um, and it was, and that was basically because they were they were women, right? Was it though? Because I remember listening to Kitty and being like, "Nope, like this just doesn't have whatever you know, whatever Slipknot or whatever had." I didn't, I didn't see it in Kitty. I, it's been a long time since I listened to Kitty. I, I could, honestly, it's been a long time. But you know, I'd take them over Slipknot. But then, would you? Yeah, 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 I would. Um, uh, but then I, I, I do have a kind of. Um, uh allergy to to bands that wear silly masks and, and <laughs> that kind of thing yeah sure which is understandable <laughs> okay. all the comments in in youtube are on on the on this youtube thing are gonna, they're gonna be yelling about kitty now aren't they oh my god he <laughs> likes see his credibility is out the window no i think honestly most of my my followers and listeners are probably much more interested in well, kind of like the the namesake of the book, Electric Wizards, either in the Black Sabbath of it or the the band Electric Wizard of it, um, which you did touch on. You did touch on Electric Wizard and, and Sleep and and Caius and some of those a little bit. So I think that most of my my people would probably much more be focused on that, which okay. is probably why I looked into the book in the first place. Is I think it, you know just the name itself. I was interested in uh, a take on that stoner doom type of music and i i got much more than that honestly but yeah there's a, a big old chunk in the middle there about um earth and sleep and electric yeah. wizard and, and and related kind of stoner deserty people um which is is music i love go sort of goes back to black sabbath i suppose mm -hmm. um yeah you've got to love all that kind of fuzz and the bass and the, the yeah. grooves and, the and they're having a real big resurgence right now. I mean, the the that underground scene of like stoner and doom and stuff is growing so much and is so like so different of a scene than than where I came from with either new metal as a kid or like heavy metal, Metallica, that like kind of group community around that kind of stuff. Like this scene is just so strong, always sharing each other's stuff and and building a real community around that music. So What's your take on on the scene, the stoner metal, doom metal scene? Um, well, again, it's it's like you know I love it, and it's it's music that I've often considered thought you know th this is really heavy. This is heavier than um, the metal stuff that is supposed to be the heaviest thing ever. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know it, I, what I like about it. Well, I don't know. It's, it's such a broad uh, church, isn't it? So how how can you sum it up? But what I like about it is that it's kind of heavy music that you can like totally lose yourself in, can't you? You, you know, it's I mean, very artsy for like a, a heavy type of music. It's heavy and it's artsy, and a yeah. lot of times I don't think that that went hand in hand in the past. Yeah, um, it sort of you know, washes over you or absorbs you, whatever it is it's doing. Um, it's not not necessarily music that you would sort of leap around to or headbang along with. Um, it might be heavy music that you kind of um, collapse on the sofa and listen to, um, which is uh, quite interesting, I suppose. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like, you know, Dope Smoker, for example. Right. It's just like just a masterpiece as as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Dope Smoker might be a, a an album definitely made for you. It's kind of got like that uh, noise avant garde plus the metal plus all these different things kind of combined. It's a uh, it's got a lot of those different worlds going on. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, I, for the first time someone told me about it, you know, when I was probably still listening to new new metal or, or or whatever you know it's it's this one you know this one song and it lasts you know an hour right. uh, and i i just like i just thought well that that sounds terrible why why would you want to listen to one song for an, one single song for an hour that completely um a, a, a completely alien concept to me and it only later did i uh uh, come round to the fact that it's just a, this this heavy masterpiece, right? 
Um, were, were there any bands or genres that you didn't quite get to fit in the book? Were, were there chapters that you cut? Were there bands that you just didn't think worked or things after the fact that you go, ah, I probably should have included them or. Uh, yeah, there was, I mean, there's plenty, you know, if you, if you were trying to cover all, all heavy music, you'd be writing like several, several volumes and yeah. which would probably never end. Um, so yeah, there was, there were, there were plenty of difficult decisions to be made. Um, I, I was originally, there was going to be a chapter on, um, like reggae and dub, which is he- heavy music, you know, re- physically heavy music. It comes from like sound system culture. So the heaviness is crucial. And again, it's, it's, um, influenced all sorts of heavier acts of different genres down the line in the end i kind of squeezed that into the post punk punk chapter um uh just because it was getting out, out of control uh, even even earlier on i was you know i had the grand grand ideas of like uh, of having a, a like techno chapter for example and going into like electronic more electronic uh, heavy music, but it, it by that point it was it was just like sprawling. So I had to kind of rein rein it in and say, okay, we're we're gonna basically look at guitar based genres because it's kind of a it's kind of a slippery slope because if you start including like funk and soul and then electronic music, why aren't you including like really dark heavy country music or why aren't you including gangster rap? You know, like that can be super heavy. And even even the bass, yeah. even the beats of rap, you know, can be heavy or they or they sample, you know, rock music or they sample guitar part anyway. So, like, you know, if you start going down that slippery slope, it's like you're basically just talking about music in general and, yeah. and how, heavy, <laughs> how heavy music is. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. So it had to it had to be reined in and I had to make some difficult decisions. Um, and uh, it, it is what it is. Um, and, you know, I've, I've seen. You know, pe- people have been suggesting various uh, things that should should have been in there, and I uh, I, I accept that. But <laughs> um, you know, I only had a certain amount of words that I could use, uh, and um, I tried to concentrate on what I thought was important, what I like or don't like, uh, and what you know what what has kind of uh influenced the next stage if that makes sense kind of it's called yeah. a tapestry it is kind of weaving all these different elements together as as best i can <laughs> have you given any thought to a a second volume a second book or or talking more about how other bands or genres are heavy or or a different concept altogether what's your what's your next book uh, it's too early to say. <laughs> it will. It, I imagine it will be. I, th- I think I might take a break from the heaviness and go somewhere else, perhaps. Um, I've got one or two ideas, but we'll 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 um, I'll, I'll I'll keep my cards to my chest for now. Sure. Um, but you know, I write about this stuff regularly anyway. You know, for for different publications, so it, it's not like I'm gonna. So suddenly um, throw all heaviness in the bin and, and just start listening to, to lovely light folk music. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did discover your Spotify playlist. And while I was reading it, I, I kept having to stop and like look up bands and listen to it because there was a lot, there was a lot, probably a majority of stuff that I didn't know, you know, and or didn't know well enough or hadn't listened to it in a long time. Even, even Helter Skelter. I was like, man, it's been a long time since I've heard that. I got to go back and listen to that. And unfortunately, I found your playlist after I read the book. Uh, it would have come in, come in handy while I was reading it, <laughs> but it would have saved me some time. Um, but have you, did you ever give any thought to like a podcast about, or to coincide with the book or just in, in addition to the book where you take some of these chapters or some of these bands or some of these genres and explore them, talk about them with people and share the music while you're doing it? Because I, I feel like it would have been helpful as I was reading it, because I, like I said, I had to keep pausing and, and finding it and, and hearing the stuff as I was going. 
It's a, it's an excellent idea. Um, it was it wasn't something I did think about. Partly because I was just in this world of like you know, get it finished and then try and get it out there, and whilst juggling all the other plates that I have to deal with. Um, but yeah, that that's not a bad uh, idea, is it? Maybe I maybe I should have done that, or maybe I should do it still. I think you still can and, and have yeah. some of these, these, uh, these artists, you know, guests on your, on your podcast and, and ask them, you know, the story as you're going, but yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get on that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would check that out. Um, is, there, is there anything else that you want to say about the book that I, that I didn't cover? Those are just some of the notes that I took as I was going, but I mean, it's, it's such a, a big, you know, wide net of heavy music that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I, that I could talk to you all day about, um, but those are some of the, the things that I, I noted as I was going. Um, oh, is there anything else I want to talk about? Let me think. Let me have a quick look at the book. Um, I don't know, really. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the point of it really is that, you know, he- heaviness is a, is a broad church. Uh, there are lots of different ways that it can be approached. Uh, and achieved and I hope that that comes across it obviously it's my version of heaviness and the reader's version of heaviness could be quite different um and I I sort of welcome alternative takes as well it's not it's not supposed to be the 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 final word on the matter by any means it's it you know hopefully it'll be the beginning of a, a broader conversation about heaviness and what it means and what it does and what is or isn't heavy and all those kinds of issues that crop up in its yeah. pages i think it definitely did that i think you definitely accomplished that and like i said i i learned a lot about music that i i thought i already knew a lot about um Actually, actually, one of the things that I didn't even bring up, but I did make a note of was like the prog stuff. I mean, especially in this genre, like I said, that I have a lot of people here that like fuzzy music, stoner metal, whatever. And and prog gets gets pretty close to that sometimes. And a lot of them cite a lot of prog bands as influences. And I didn't even really know that it existed. <laughs> I mean, coming from more of like a traditional heavy metal group of of music black sabbath metallica etc like I, I don't even think i knew half the stuff existed and and the stuff that i did know was like very basic like rush king crimson you know stuff like that but and y- your your book really explored a lot of that way more than i had ever heard before so that was a really interesting part to me too was Prague's influence on heavy music yeah I, you know i didn't delve you know i'm, I'm sure the, the proper prog experts out there will um uh well will will have wanted more of that shall we say um uh and i'm a i'm not a kind of the biggest fan of of prog i like swedish prog with two g's uh p r o double g um which is not the same as kind of anglo american prog what we what we think of as prog um and that was yeah a, lot, a few people have said they didn't didn't know about that seen um before i only really know about it from from being sent like reissued lps to review um for record collector magazine um and that was you know that was part of that sort of developed as i was writing the chapter on uh kraut rock which is obviously very heavy uh, or some of it's very heavy some of it's not so heavy um and then just like you know during the during the process of writing that chapter just thinking well hang on you know it's it's not just uh germany that has these weird avant-garde heavy bands in in the sort of early 70s going on uh that is happening elsewhere in europe as well uh and i you know pr- probably all over the place but the ones that that kind of caught my ears were um in sweden and also uh over in france where you have uh helden for example and uh magma who are doing uh well helden do heavy stuff with like a kind of electronic or moog element going on and then you've got magma who are doing that kind of grand sort of 
sci-fi opera things sung in sung in their own made-up language which is like um yeah mind-blowing stuff what do you think is the next like frontier for like heavy music is it you know the is it stoner metal is it the next phase of like stoner prog combination mastodon gojira type bands or is it like something that i'm not even aware of yet or what do you think is is the next big uh man I mean, it's hard to predict, isn't it? There'll be some like strange combination that we've not um, even thought of before, taking something from here and something of there, melding it together into some sort of new bizarre concoction, I imagine. Um, There seems to be like a lot of like this resurgence behind garage rock grunge type stuff and the stoner and the desert stuff. And, and like I said, even people kind of embracing new metal a, a second time around. Um, but none of it, none of it's original. I mean, it, it all seems like it's, you know, coming from somewhere that's, that's been there before. So as far as like a new thing, I don't know what that would be, but it does seem like there kind of is like this new interest in some of this stuff where not so much in like the heavy metal thrash stuff, like people keep, seem to be like kind of abandoning that a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's hard to tell. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right. It'll be uh, it'll be a band that comes along and they play even slower than Earth. <laughs> That's my <laughs> prediction. I hope not. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> I mean, that would be some feat, wouldn't it? That would be, yeah. <laughs> so at the end here, I like to do this game called Real or Fuzzed. And typically it involves album covers, some that are real and some that are fake, some that I made, photoshopped. Mm-hmm. But I made a special version for you based on Rockstar biographies. Oh, wow. So I'm going to show you 10 Rockstar biographies, some that are real, some that are not. And you have to tell me if they're real or not. Uh, Tony Iommi, Iron Man, real. This is real. Did you read this one in, in research? I've, not, book? I've no? not read it cover to cover, but I've dipped in and read the uh the important bits <laughs> yeah i haven't i haven't read it i don't even know that i knew that it existed what about ozzy have you read the ozzy one um i haven't read the ozzy one no i'm gonna have to I've, check i've read plenty about black sabbath but i haven't actually read ozzy's which is that's terrible isn't it i my, my apologies to mr osborne I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, add it, I'll add it to the wish list yeah strolling astronomer by wow the bob box um, I recognise the author name, Joel McIver, so I'm going to say that's real, unless you've tricked me there. I tricked you. This is a this is a fuzz oh. one. Ah, oh. <laughs> flea, acid for t- the children. That's real. I've seen that in in a bookshop. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm assuming you haven't read it then. I haven't read it. No, it's quite I read- new. Isn't it? I read Anthony Kiedis's a long time ago, like back in high school, the Scar Tissue one, which was yeah. Everyone reads that in high school. They read, they yeah. read that and uh, the Marilyn Manson one. Yeah, I read both in high school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the Dirt, the Motley Crue, the Dirt. Yeah, I haven't read that one yet, but I did see the movie. Uh, mm, unfortunately, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> Total fucking godhead, Chris Cornell. It, interesting title uh, and. I believe that is real. This is real. Yeah. Definitely an interesting uh, title to use for a book. Yeah. Interesting kind of crouching position on the. (laughs) Yeah. That's the real one. Learn from this mistake. Kirk Winstein. Uh, I'm not familiar with it. So I'm going to say you've made that one up. I did make this one up. This is good good photoshopping skills, though. (laughs) Thanks. Drop Out of Life, Matt Pike story by Jerry Hopkins. I haven't heard of it, and if it's real, I would like to read it. Uh, I'm going to say fake. This is fake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know any Matt Pike biographies yet, quite yet, anyway. It would be great, though, wouldn't it? It would be great. I would definitely read that. Official Truth, 101 Proof. Rex Brown. Um, 
I don't know. It looks convincing. I'm going to say real. That's real. Yeah. Born too late. Scott Weinrich. Uh, <laughs> again, I would like to read it, um, but I haven't heard of it, so I'm going to say fake. This is fake. Dang, I thought that was a good one. It's <laughs> <laughs> really good, yeah. Kiss and make up. Gene Simmons. Oh, man. Uh, it's a good title. I'm going to say it's fake, though. I think you've come up with that good title. This is a good title, and it's real. <laughs> Another one. I think that I, I think I read this one in, in high school as well. Actually, would you recommend it? Uh, I mean, I don't even recommend Kiss, honestly. So I, I don't know. I don't know why I read it. <laughs> <laughs> a book for the blind, Josh Wahami. Uh It wouldn't surprise me if Joshua released a book, but I've not heard of it, so I'm going to say it's fake. That is fake. I, right. I bet by this time next year, that'll be real, though. I Might bet be. he's working on something right now. Yeah. His, his rock and roll stories. Because Dave Grohl just had one out, didn't he? So Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've actually uh, I have that one on audiobook. I've heard a couple oh, stories right. from him. It's pretty good. He's a good storyteller. Yeah. You did pretty good. I think you maybe missed two. It's pretty good. That's not bad, is it? I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. Those, some of those were were, were tricky. <laughs> yeah. Some of those I wouldn't mind reading. I hope they, they come out with more. It, 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 it must be a, quite the task of writing a book, though. I know some of them have like co-authors and stuff, but I've always thought about writing a book, how cool it would be to write about something. But like I said, even, even the, the idea of researching enough for like a 10 page paper i'm like eh, i don't know college was so long ago i don't think i can even do that anymore <laughs> uh yeah but you know uh i find the idea like you were suggesting doing a podcast earlier yeah. like, i find that a, a, bit, a bit of a daunting uh ask but you're you're away doing doing this aren't you so um you know we, we all have our different uh things that we can contribute yeah well, I hope that you continue to write about heavy music. I, I really enjoyed your book. Thank you so much you. For, for coming on here and, and telling me more about it. Um, is there anything else you want to tell everybody before we go? Um, not that I can think of. Uh, buy the book, <laughs> please. Yeah. Would be nice. Electric uh, Wizards. Yeah, go check Electric it out. Electric Wizards, a tapestry of heavy music, 1968 to the present. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here, man. Um, stay in touch. If you ever write anything else, you let me know. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. Brilliant. Thank you. All right. See ya.